Well, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Out of Curiosity. Uh, this is our podcast where we're looking for biblical clarity for modern questions. I am Garland, and joining me, my dear friend from the other side of the country, Cameron Hager. Cameron Hager, man. It's good to talk to you. Um, y'all don't know this, but uh, we used to work together. Um, you know, spent a lot of time doing ministry together. And so this has actually been uh, super fun. Just to, like we almost look, I look forward to having these conversations because I get to talk to you. And, uh, you know, you live moving in Portland and me living still down here in Arkansas, it enables us to have this conversation. But that aside, here's a Here's our topic for today. It's really a follow-up to uh, an episode that we released early on in this season. And that episode was on, can Christians consume marijuana in some kind of a form? We had a, uh, a dialogue about that uh, in a previous episode. But now we got feedback. I got feedback from friends of mine. I got feedback from people uh, online, essentially wanting to ask a follow-up question, which goes something like this. Okay, okay, I'll process the issue of consuming marijuana recreationally, but what about medicinally? What yeah. are we supposed to do if this helps with a uh, with an issue that I have, or it helps me to sleep, or it helps with my kids' pain, or something like that? How would we then go about wisely thinking through the the consumption of marijuana? Yeah, it's a great question because I, if I recall, in that episode, we didn't really get into anything about. Uh, prescription medication and marijuana, I, as I understand it, can fall into that category. So there's a whole piece of the marijuana conversation that I, I don't want to approach necessarily for this as just let's think about medical marijuana, but let's pull out and have the bigger conversation about prescription drug use in general. Um, because I, I think it's the kind of thing that a whole lot of Christians tend to just uncritically sort of waltz into with uh, a lot of blind spots. And so um, let's answer that question. We will definitely touch on weed specifically, but I think I think it's a really important thing, especially given like the rise of kind of the gigantic pharmaceutical industries and just what a, in my opinion, over-prescribed culture we have in general. Right. Um, so I think it's right. really timely. I would just say maybe out of the gate, there's maybe two obvious ditches and maybe there's people who would argue that these aren't ditches. Well, I'm sure there are, but I, I think they're pretty obvious ditches to me. I assume most of our listeners will agree with this. And here, here they are. One is, I think we should avoid the absolute rejection of modern medicine um, that you sometimes find in church circles. There can sometimes be this view that like, man, if you take Tylenol, really what that is, is that's just, you're trusting man over God. You're not trusting God's right. sort of healing power. You're sort of, you're, you know, you're elevating the creation over the creator or whatever. I think all that mm -hmm. ultimately boils down to almost a Gnostic type of like rejection of the body and the physical world and the things that humans create in favor of some kind of like purely spiritual um, value. That, Answer to everything, yeah. Yeah, that I don't think the Bible affirms. Um, and that stuff can get really ugly when you hear stories of, of churches, church communities, even Christian church communities like denying children life-saving medicine and stuff in the name of this kind of stuff. And it, it, to me, it's just so obviously uh, wrong. And we'll, we'll argue for why here in a minute. But that's one ditch. We don't, want, we don't want to go there. And I think the other is what I've kind of already mentioned, which is like basically just this uncritical reception of just everything without regard for what do we actually need as people when we're ailing? What are our proclivities and blind spots and even temptations to sin as it relates to substance use and stuff like that? And ultimately, like, what's best for our, our health. Um, and then doing that in dialogue with the scriptures and in submission to King Jesus, of course. So 
Um, we don't want to reject it all outright. We don't want to embrace it all outright either, I suppose, is what I'm saying. But we need some, some principles to kind of navigate that mushy middle. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, we want to, it's probably worth mentioning just before we dive in, because I'm assuming you're going to help us to orient to how to make s- said decisions. It, it's probably worth just reminding people um, that this is a, a really uh, sensitive and personal topic. Like yeah. um, I, I know friends that have, have really struggled, Christian friends and non-Christian friends over, should I give my kid said medicine? And what if the medicine uh, deals with the brain? And what do I do? Is that, is, yeah. is that make me unloving? Yeah. How could I give my kid something like that? And, and we all have to make decisions about what we take personally. I think it's also probably worth uh, just saying again, you are resituating the conversation about Miracle, medawa- miracle, 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 marijuana, <laughs> miracle, marijuana. Man, I would need to get some, some of that. Probably see it that way. Yeah, give me some of that miracle, miracle <laughs> weed, man. Uh, medical marijuana. Uh, you're situated in a broader conversation. Maybe the last, last, just thing for our listeners to hear is you and I are not uh, consumers of marijuana, so we're talking a little bit, um, yeah. you know, kind of not from experience here, and uh, it doesn't enable. It doesn't mean then that we are not able to you know, provide some, some things to think through in making these decisions. So, so give us some of those guardrails. How would you advise us? Sure. Well, I, I think I have basically four, four ideas here and take them or leave them. Number right, one right, right. is uh, I believe the Bible affirms the use of medication. Um, and so even just if you step out theologically, and we've talked about this, I think now a number of times on this podcast, but if you go back all the way to creation, Genesis 1 and 2, what's the task given to humanity? It's to, of course, love and worship, be obedient to God, be in relationship with him. But it's to cultivate the creation that God has given them. And so the idea is that he's made this beautiful world. It's full of potential. And humans are supposed to then cultivate that potential, work the land, keep the land. And most theologians throughout history have drawn a straight line from that idea. We talked about it a few weeks ago with art. Now we're talking about it with medicine. When, whenever we're taking the raw potential of the created world of herbs and uh, substances, like these these things that we can ultimately harvest in, and formulate into life-saving medications or pain relievers or whatever, whatever it is, um, I think that most Christians throughout history have affirmed like, yes, that's part of the task that we're given in sort of that, that cultural mandate. Um, it's a way that we partner with God. We actually mine the blessings of the created world for uh, the good of our neighbors. And so it's kind of just a theological, like the Lord is in his common grace allows people, even who aren't believers, to have these amazing skills to do this work, to produce things that help people live longer in the face of cancer diagnoses and cure serious illnesses and um, you know, how we ended up with penicillin and like the life-changing, like world-altering right, right. nature of these things. So mm-hmm. there's a theological kind of common grace, creational, cultivational idea there. But then we could get more specific too. I mean, the, the Old Testament in, in particular and the New references things like oils and wines and balms for illnesses. Uh, you think of uh, Paul in First Timothy five twenty-three, suggesting to Timothy I have it right here. He says, no longer drink only water, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent ailments. And so, yeah, the, the disciples weren't afraid to, to sort of lean, <laughs> lean onto these, uh, these natural, um, it's earthly. a funny, that's a funny verse. Yeah. Funny verse <laughs> yeah, in the yeah, Bible. Cause verse. you know, we read that now we're like, that may be a, that may be poor medical advice. Yeah. Paul. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> there might've been something else, but, uh, you know, anyway, keep yeah, going. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose we could go check like, okay, were there any conditions? That, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Paul's like, like, ah, try that. 
Um, I mean, if that's the case, I would have more wine for my stomach all the time. <laughs> that's right. It's a little wine is what he says, Garland. <laughs> oh, you're right, you're right. A little wine, a little wine. Um, and then I even think of like main, some of the main characters in the Bible, I think specifically of Luke, uh, the, the disciple physician uh, who, who recorded the gospel of Luke in Acts, um, who that was his, his work was uh, medically caring for uh, the people in the ancient world. And um, we have no indicators that that was somehow intention or problematic to his discipleship to Jesus. And so I think that's instructive for us. I just think, as you were talking about just this theological thing that we're affirming when we talk about God's common grace and inviting us into that, that's, you know, we've said this now multiple times in this season of Out of Curiosity, and that's just a, that's something worth dwelling on. Like, yeah. That's a really cool picture like mathematics and chemistry and our in architecture and engineering enables us to cross like even simple things like crossing that bridge to go see a loved one and it not crumble under us like there's just yeah. so many little things that we totally take for granted that are a part of what you're talking about and so okay uh that's principle one um you said there were four so what's next principle two relates to sin so we don't live in a genesis one and two world we live in a post genesis three world um and so we just we can't talk about really anything uh, without understanding how sin impacts it. So sin corrupts to some degree everything that humans touch. And and where I'm going here is that that includes the medical industries at large. That includes regulation. That includes the way that bribery sometimes can impact the way that certain drugs mm-hmm. do or don't get approved. Certain studies do or do not get foregrounded or listened to. Um, in all kinds of issues around uh, the medical industry, the way that doctors choose to work with integrity, prescribe with integrity or not. I mean, uh, at every level of the thing, there's the potential for human sin to hijack what is meant to be. And I think so many people obviously work in these fields with just a high degree of integrity, seeking to, to help human flourishing, but not everyone. And so um, if you, if you do much reading or there was even, there was a great show um, that, uh, that adapted a, a nonfiction book called Dope Sick. It was on Hulu um, a couple of years ago that gives you that panoramic view from the drug sales reps to the pharmaceutical companies, to the government regulators, to the people who are making bad choices or the people who are led into bad choices that ultimately end up having their lives destroyed by, um, by opioids. Um, I think it helps. It's really important to just understand the way none of this is insulated from the human propensity to Mm -hmm. sin. That doesn't mean everyone's a bad actor in this thing, but it it means that some are. Some some are genuinely bad actors, and we need to recognize that. So while okay, so while we're on this this topic, um, um, I I think it's it's helpful to ask a question that we have a system of regulation, we have a system uh, of oversight, like you know, the FDA and and our government that approves certain medications. Let's drill down then. Like uh, we're not, you know, we could talk about a lot of different things, but let's now drill specifically to the idea of you know medicinal marijuana use, um, because I think this is where you know, pushback from our last episode came on this particular topic. So um, what would be some of the things that we have to think through there? Um, you know, I think one of the, one of the, one of the maybe just high level concerns or thoughts that I would have in thinking about uh, medicinal marijuana is just the, it seems as if 
so many of the important drugs that help with pain and help with things um, are very regulated and have lots of oversight and have vi- a high degree of checks and balances as in like that, that medicine has to be within 5% of what the FDA says it is. And it makes me a little uneasy just, and, and like I said, I, I haven't been to dispensaries. I'm not trying to get medicinal marijuana, but just the nature, we might say, of the way the industry's regulated, it, it, it's playing on a different playing field, we might say. What would you, you know, speak into that? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm no expert, but I have done a little bit of reading on it. I mean, I think we mentioned this last time. Marijuana is just such in its infancy in terms of the kinds of studies that are being done. I mean, it's ramping up now that it's just so culturally ascendant. So, you know, in 10 years, we might have some really good data on this stuff, but the data is all pretty, pretty slim. Um, and then, yes, the re- regulation is like so non-existent. I mean, out here in Oregon, I mean, we're, we've got to be one of the weed capitals of America up here. And there's stories <laughs> in the local papers all the time of just how, you know, how much potency to the THC is in these like, you know, very innocent looking cam- candies, gummies, gels, all this stuff that is dr- like is driving, like, giving people huge issues, huge health crises, because it's just like, people don't understand what they're taking and it looks very innocuous when it's mm-hmm. in the form of a candy bar. And they're just like, it's just, it's just kind of wild West and it's, it's, it's pretty dangerous in a lot of re- regards mm-hmm. beyond that. I, I think it's also helpful to think through like a couple of things that we should just state as true. Like history has shown much of the push for the legalization of medical marijuana. U S has really been for the purpose of, of stepping towards normalizing recreational usage Um, not exclusively but that's a huge part of it and then there's with that there's just been this gray market industry built around prescribers i would say illegitimately prescribing medical marijuana for questionable ailments i mean that's kind of the joke like oh man i've you know i've got a hurt elbow uh i better get some weed and then there's just this whole infrastructure (laughs) around giving an inappropriate and illegitimate solution to a non-existent problem uh, which is which I think okay we should be concerned about. So so would you affirm this? Because this was the question you know uh, after our last episode I had a, I had a, a series of conversations with different people and um, here's what I'm not hearing you say. So let me articulate it this way: if a you know if a doctor who has integrity is prescribing let's say uh, you know THC marijuana for you know some illness some ailment and if our data and science has uh, the journals are backing that as a legitimate um, you know, illegitimate, you know, help for that. Like a doctor and a pharmacist are prescribing it. You, you would, you would hear that and say, okay, we need to think critically. But that would be the kind of environment where medical use of marijuana. You, you might say, yes, the, the Bible would give an openness to that. Absolutely. And and if I could, I'm, I don't know if you would agree with this, but I would probably say, because I know a lot of people are probably shaking their fists in their cars listening to this. I'd probably say I can easily imagine things that marijuana, which is a naturally occurring, you know, it's a plant, would be a lot better and a lot safer for treating than the opioids that we can tend to hand out like right. candy in our culture. So I, I just, right. I want to, I want to widen our, that's why I want to widen our lens to like, there's a lot of stuff being given to people um, out there. And it, yeah, it would not surprise me if, if, you know, in some amount of time we're going, man, we should have been prescribing THC for some of these applications where we've just reached for like this crazy extreme synthetic opioid. Um, that would not surprise me at all. And I think um, we would probably be in a, in a better place because of that. But I don't know. I don't have that data. I'm just, right. just kind of shooting from the hip here. Right. 
Well, so maybe a helpful way to say it, this is the way I've thought about it before is, it, you know, if I've gone to the doctor for, you know, uh, a, a surgery or something and they prescribe me, you know, an opioid, uh, which, which I've, been, I've had that happen before. Um, I look at that label and I talk to that doctor and I follow that thing to a strict T because I think, and I think this goes without saying, I mean, we're all aware of the opioid crisis and I, I approach it with such a, <laughs> like such trepidation that like, okay, a doctor told me to take it. I would not take this otherwise, but because a doctor told me to take this, I have a legit reason to take it. My, but you know, whatever it is, the, I just came out of the surgery. I will follow precisely the guidelines yeah, till, that's good. Uh, th- until that, you know, bottle or the amount they gave is through. And then I, like, then it's, it's over. Like, I think that maybe a helpful suggestion and that I'm hearing you make, and I'd make the same thing is if that was the case with, something like marijuana, then we should apply the same principles. I don't know why we wouldn't apply those same yeah. principles, but sort of this casual like, oh, yes, no big deal. I think you said last time um, in the recreational one that we need to be honest. Yeah. Like we need to be honest with ourselves um, when we have this conversation. And it doesn't mean that it's, a, it's an always forever slam the door no, but we need to think critically, especially if you're a G if, if, we're talking exclusively, I might say to Jesus followers. And even if you're not a Jesus follower, this still would be maybe helpful advice for you. Okay. So we've got two of our principles. What's the third? Yeah. So the third, uh, is taking that same idea that we live in a post Genesis three world where sin exists. Uh, and it's, it's shifting from the outside. There's bad actors out there. People, you know, even people prescribing our medications sometimes that are influenced by sin. Now let's look at ourselves. We are influenced by sin. Our judgment is messed up. We have particular areas of weakness, either known or unknown, that we have to just take into consideration. I think the third principle is a call to know thyself, which is you, you've already taken us there previously, but let's just drill down a little bit deeper. Um, I mean, if we go back to the specific um, kind of categories we talked about uh, you know, several weeks ago, we talked about the Bible holding up two things in particular when it relates to substances that we just really need to be careful around. And one is intoxication. Um, now, a a painkiller, a prescribed painkiller is is using a benefit of intoxication to cut down pain to make life more manageable. And I think, I don't know many Christians who would say that's not appropriate. Um, I think that's obviously very appropriate. Like in situations of acute pain, I think it's right and good to utilize <laughs> a form of intoxication to to deal with that extreme pain and to make to make life tolerable. Um, and we might just say even, even simpler, like when you get put under for a surgery, of like... I mean, that's extreme intoxication to the yeah, max. Absolutely, um, but it's under the care of a of a you know prescribing anesthesiologist and surgeon who we're placing ourselves in their hands in that sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So 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 there's we can just acknowledge that that's a form of intoxication that we we uh, we say is good in certain contexts. The problem is whenever you're inviting that intoxication through, let's just go back to opioids, when you don't really need them. So if, if opioids are prescribed for long-term pain rather than acute short-term pain, uh, we can all, I think, I don't know anyone who wouldn't be tempted to go, man, I could keep using this stuff for a little bit longer, you know, especially once the, the hardcore pain subsides. This is kind of fun. This is kind of enjoyable. Um, and we just need to know, like, there, there's a line we can draw there. Uh, addiction is another thing too. If you are prone to addiction, um, if you, or even if you're, if you have no history of being prone to addiction, but you know how addictive some of these substances are, it may very well be that you've been given a prescription that 
could trigger something in you, um, uh, either because it's just a substance you don't you don't need to engage in. Maybe you have a history of of drug use. Uh, there are plenty of people in that tragic situation where they can't partake of certain prescribed mm-hmm. drugs because mm-hmm. of their history, um, or or because it's you know you've been given this inappropriately long prescription that you're like, man, if, do I really need to take this thing for like three months? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so we we still need to run those same kind of biblical categories in terms of what do I need to do in response to this right. particular situation I'm, I'm faced I'm faced with in order to avoid kind of these extreme outcomes? Right. Yeah. Let me. Sp- I'll, I'll I'll speak personally to that one. I, that's that's my fear is the addiction piece. I think I'm prone to it. You know, family history pl- prone to it. And I think for me, uh, I had a, a a relatively minor surgery, and the doctor, uh, you know, he called in a prescription for one of the opioids, and it was like. It was like a vial of uh, opioids. And I, you know, we, we filled the prescription, took it home. And I, because I know in me just this, I have this fear of that addictive nature that I have inside me, that sin nature in me, um, I didn't take any of them. Mm. Um, and I didn't need to. Ibuprofen was fine. That was for me something that, um, you know, in knowing yourself, like that was, a, it's a great fear that I kind of just walk around with uh, for things like this. And so just putting some skin to what you're talking about, we have to be honest, we have yeah. to be honest with ourselves. Um, and and that, takes, that takes some self-reflection, that takes asking your friends. Um, but yeah, I think that's really helpful. Yeah. And it, the fourth point just kind of wraps all this together is just to say, you know, as with many of these subjects we're talking about, these modern questions are not necessarily chapter and verse beyond what we've already said. So it just this becomes a wisdom issue. And I think the question of, okay, well, what about medical marijuana? Um, it should just have us thinking more critically about um, all drugs in general uh, rather than less critically or rather than putting it in its own special category off to the side so we can dismiss it. No, it just, it just raises the issues that are there for for us all the time, especially in this kind of hyper-medicalized society that we live in. So we should, I think we should encourage this, we should be encouraged to apply the same grid to these other powerful psychoactive psychoactive substances that we encounter. Um, There's legitimate legal use under, you know, appropriate medical supervision in particular cases, but then there are serious risks and possibilities of abuse, even in legitimately prescribed cases. And then there's always just this, this potential for destructiveness to creep in when these things are abused. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think we should reject the illegal use or abuse of any substance, and we should just closely consider the necessity of and and our own motivations for using even prescribed stuff like this, Um, all of it so that we Mm -hmm. might continue to honor God in sobriety, which is kind of the the heart of the matter. Um, I feel compelled to say maybe one other thing, is that if you're listening to this and, and you are... Um, you've struggled with, uh, with prescription drugs, like you're, you're abusing them and maybe you carry a lot of shame about that. The last thing I'd want you to do is to carry shame. Um, I would just say to you, like, I'm sorry, my heart breaks for you. I, it's so easy for us to get in those situations and, um, Jesus has all the love and grace for you in the world. Um, and he, he would love to come alongside you, uh, through his church and through, uh, trained professionals and counselors and addiction recovery groups uh, to work with you through these things. Um, yeah, the last thing I would want for any of this is just for anyone to feel shame, or, or maybe you've been smoking pot or whatever, and and this is bringing up some of those feelings for you. I just, yeah, the the heart here is to try to hopefully I've taken a stab at biblical clarity, 
but the grace of Jesus is just so large and wide and he just wants your flourishing. He wants your deepest flourishing. Mm-hmm. And so if you're, if you're mired in some mm-hmm. of this, um, I hope that you'll find him, his arms to be the most welcoming and loving and gracious. Yeah. He wants to set you free. Yeah. Um, this is an important conversation. Um, I think it's going to be increasingly so uh, over the next, not even decades, just next few years as medical marijuana is is now you know widely accepted and recreational is, is, is becoming more and more so even down here in the conservative South. So uh, th- this is the kind of thing that as Jesus followers, if that's who you are listening to this, this is the kind of thing that we need to take seriously and, and go to the scripture and then go to our community and go to our, uh, go, go to our to the Lord in prayer and allow him to lead us. And so not to be passive, um, but to, to carefully with wisdom, uh, try to navigate these issues. So I think you've given us a lot to think about, uh, a lot to process and discuss. And we, as always, we thank you for joining us on Out of Curiosity. 